Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Hello and welcome to the Women and Manufacturing Podcast. My name is Fran Brunel and I'm the president of Accelerated Manufacturing Brokers, Inc., a company that specializes in mergers and acquisitions nationally within the manufacturing sectors, and I'm your host for today's show. So today we welcome to the show Tracy Albert. Tracy is an owner of Alberta, Canada-based Gambit Machining. Gambit is a company that specializes in small, precision, tight-tolerance parts for critical use in no-fail industries, including instrumentation, energy, defense, medical, transportation, and more. Tracy joined the company in 2002, filling an entry-level accounting role. After completing her accounting degree at Northern Alberta Institute of Technology, she began to take on more responsibility with the company and make valuable contributions to the process of continual improvement. As a result, she became part of the ownership group in 2010. Tracy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Fran. It's great to be here. Well, great to have you. So introduce our listening audience to Gambit Machining. Tell us what the company does very well and what specifically your role is today. Well, Gambit has been around since 1961, so we're actually in our 61st year of business, which is a pretty great milestone in this industry. It sure is. We, as you said, specialize in small precision parts, so primarily the things that we make will fit in the palm of your hand. So we have three main manufacturing divisions in our company. We have a milling department, a mill turn department and then Swiss-style screw machines. So that allows us to make a wide variety of parts within the small, up to about 12-inch size. Regarding my role in the company, as I'm an accountant by trade, started out in an entry-level employee position. But yeah, just basically my responsibilities grew over time. And in 2010, joined the ownership group. So currently there are five owners that run and lead Gambit, and I'm part of that team. So it's interesting. You're basically an employee-owned company, but it's limited. It's not across the board with all employees. It's only a small group of people. That's correct. Yes. And originally it was a family started business back in 1961. And so there is one remaining family member that's part of the ownership group to kind of carry on the legacy. But the rest of us were all are non-related and just originally started out as employees, but stepped into more responsibility and were, you know, heavily contributing to the leadership of the company. I would imagine that you had to be doing one hell of a job to be invited into the ownership team. Yeah, I mean, thank you. That was a, I guess, an acknowledgement to what I'd been contributing to the company. But there's no doubt there's four other men at that table, as there are many tables. So yes, I think I bring a different perspective, a different voice, and just a different view on things. 
So I want to just stay on Gambit machining for a moment before we move to other topics and tell us a little bit more. So you talked about having milling, mill turn, and Swiss screw machine products, but talk to us a little bit about, in the intro, I said you're involved in critical no-fail industries. Talk to us a little bit about that, the sectors that your company specializes in providing parts to. So as a component manufacturer, regardless of the company or the industry that we serve, we are a manufacturing partner, really and truly. We're an extension of their product design and product realization. So we, I like to say when close enough, we'll do, we're not the company to deal with. The parts that we manufacture are precision, tight tolerances. So for a technical person who would understand, you know, half a thousandth of an inch is something that we can maintain over, you know, production quantities easily. And we can certainly do tighter tolerances than that. But for the average person that isn't technical, it's less than the thickness of a piece of paper. We can guarantee that parts in the hundreds or thousands are are going to measure within that range. That's incredibly tight tolerances. And, you know, it makes sense that you would be involved in defense-related medical instrument, like truly sectors where the product is not permitted to fail. Correct. Actually, if I can add one more thing, friend, one of the the areas that we've become quite specialized in is product designed to fail, a shear screw designed to fail to save the more expensive remainder of the part or the machinery or the equipment. And so we we do in-house testing and we can certify that those products are going to perform in application at the desired engineered tolerance. So So I'm curious, I want to move on a little bit. You're an accountant by trade, by education, but you have taken on business development role there. Talk about that. Like, how did that happen? I guess part of the backstory is, if you tell me that I can't do something, I'm typically going to try pretty hard to prove you wrong. And so when there is just something that needs to be done in the absence of others, I will usually step into that role. And so over the course of the last 20 years with Gambit, you know, my portfolio has grown to include payroll, HR, accounting, health and safety, marketing, and now business development. So because, you know, there's too much to manage, I don't certainly take care of it all, but I I either take care of it directly or oversee it. And business development is just an area that we need to focus on. And so I saw it as a challenge, I guess. Every manufacturer needs to be focused on business development, right? So, so often they're very good widget makers, but they sometimes fail because they're not proactively focused on business development. So good for you. I also found it very interesting that you navigated full-time employment, going to school, and being pregnant at the same time. So for our listening audience, many of whom are young women in manufacturing, how did you navigate this? Well, I think a key component to my successfully navigating all of that at once was a really amazing support network, including my husband, among other extended family and chosen family. But it was also just my interest and will. 
and my desire to just push through. And I always, I always see the light on the other side. So if I could say one thing, push through and things could be tough, but it's absolutely worth the temporary sacrifice for the long-term gain. And it's for a season, right? And that's what people have to remember. It's tough for a season and then it gets better and it gets easier if, if we've navigated it appropriately. So you mentioned before the other ownership of your company, and it sounded like that you said men. Are they all men? Are you the only female? Correct. In the ownership group. So I'm proud to say that our organization being in manufacturing, we have a third of our staff throughout the building and throughout the company that are women. So we have great representation. However, at the boardroom table and as a part of the ownership group, yes, there are four men and myself. Wow. First of all, congratulations to your company. That is outstanding. And it's also unusual that there's that many high percentage of women. And I'm curious if being the only woman in the boardroom, has that been a challenge? Yes. As I prepared for our talk today, I would have to say that the last 20 years, both you know, being an owner and just being an employee, have been the most challenging of my career, but also the most rewarding. Good. You know, so often I think that women get caught up talking about how hard it is to be a woman in a male-dominated industry. I have always been in a male-dominated industry, and I find that if you do your work and you do it well, good work ethic and good result is always respected. Would you say the same? I agree. I agree. My perspective is when you're at the 50,000 foot view, looking at businesses and industries, many of them are male dominated. And so to me, that wasn't a specific obstacle that I felt like I had to break through. I wanted to be successful and make a difference and influence direction. And the fact that I was a female to me is secondary. Very good. To me, that's as it should be. I think women spend so much time complaining about male-dominated this and male-dominated that, and I kind of just want to say, do your work and do it well, and you won't have to worry about that. I also want to touch base on, you know, you have expressed that you're passionate about leading with candor and integrity. Can you talk to our listening audience about what influenced that in your career? So I believe the tipping point for me was reading a book actually by Kim Scott called Radical Candor, to give a plug to her. But it actually talks about candor with kindness and how important that is to not only the success of a company, but to the success of your employees. It's critical that, you know, when you're not having those hard conversations, it's just slowing things down. And so that is, you know, a highly recommended book for me. In preparation, because you had mentioned this when we last spoke, I went on her website and I watched one of, well, a few of the videos, but in one, she's talking about how one of her bosses before she had her own company, spoke to her and had a tough conversation with her about her speaking style. And while she may have been initially offended, she realized that this woman really cared about her and thus had the integrity to be honest. And it was received because 
She knew that this person cared for her. Yeah, I find that such a refreshing approach and so needed, I'm going to say, in the manufacturing community. I think that, well, I don't think, I know for sure, because I talked to manufacturers throughout the United States, all over the country and in Canada, there's not a one that I speak to that's not struggling to hire and keep employees. And this, you know, could be a little bit of the missing link of why they're struggling. Can you speak into this a little bit more about the importance of being candid with people? I guess the first thing I'll say is that that is sort of a tenant that I personally live by and I manage by and I live my personal life by. So I would not necessarily say that it is a permeated cultural choice throughout the entire organization. But what I will say is as a company, we have exceptional tenure with our employees. We in 2020 celebrated, we we only have a headcount of about 35. And in that year alone, we celebrated a 35-year employee, a 30-year employee, and a 20-year employee. And then this year in 2021, we had a 15, a 10, and a 5. So People who certainly fit in and adapt or appreciate the way Gambit operates tend to stay for the long haul. That's interesting. And in your opinion, so what you just said is unusual to have tenure that long. What does your company do to both attract the newer, because you you celebrated like a five-year, so attract the newer, but also maintain What culturally do you do to accomplish that? Well, I think one of the things that we can attribute that to is just our hiring and selection process that we follow. And we utilize some external resources that allow us to try to match people with the appropriate job because resumes, you know, are one dimensional and often, you know, even if they're completely honest, you know, it's it's much bigger to find a fit. And so just utilizing a number of different tools to help get that fit right off the top. So I would imagine perhaps personality profile technologies you're talking about. Yeah, that's one of the things that we add to our selection. Yes, I have found over the years that you could have someone who technically can do a job and do it well, but if they have a a really bad attitude, it doesn't matter what they're good at. I do a ton of reading. I'm a ravenous reader, but it takes me back to one of the earliest business books I read and good to great. And it was, you know, getting the right people on the bus. You can move them on the seats, but if they're the wrong person for your culture, whatever that looks like, you know, you're never going to find the right seat for them. That is so true. And I love that book. (laughs) Yeah, I too. I love to read. I just devour different things, but especially anything related to business and business development. So before we run out of time, tell us what is next for Gambit Machining? Well, right now, our focus is to grow. We have been lucky enough, I think, just through our position in the market to be successful for 60 years. But We are looking ahead at the next 60 years, and we think just for greater good of the organization and everyone that we employ, we want to grow. 
And so that's actively what we're focusing on now. Wonderful. You all should consider growth through acquisition. It can speed the process, you know. So as we wrap up here, if our listening audience wants to learn more about your company and its services, how best should they reach out? Okay, there's three main ways. Our website is gambitmachining.ca. We have a LinkedIn profile, Gambit Machining, and also we're on Facebook. Wonderful. Tracy, thank you so much for being with us today and taking time out of your busy schedule. We truly appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And wishing you all the best in the future. To you as well. So if you're a woman in manufacturing or you are in a business that services the manufacturing community and you would like to be on the show, I encourage you to reach out to me. You can find me on LinkedIn, Francis Brunel, or call my office, 908-387-1000. I would also like to encourage our visitors to visit WAM podcast.com where they can see all of our shows and other shows brought to you by the jacket media company thank you for joining us everyone have a great day thank you for joining the wham podcast where women empower other women in business and manufacturing for more shows like this go to whampodcast.com that's whampodcast.com thanks for tuning in This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.